the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, January the 14th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on January 14, 2013, Lance Armstrong, he was the guy that rode the bike. Remember him? He ended a decade of denial by confessing to Oprah Winfrey on the air that he had used performance-enhancing drugs to win the Tour de France. Oh, the hypocrisy. He had spent a career denying that he had ever done so, but as it turned out, he had been doing so all along. Lance Armstrong had actually built an organization around good health and healthy practices and so on. They call, I think it was called Live Strong or something like that. Anyway, sad sad ending. Today in 1784, the United States ratified the Treaty of Paris, ending the Revolutionary War. Britain followed suit in April of 1784. Today in 1914, Ford Motor Company completely changed its assembly line operation by using an endless chain to pull each chassis along at its Highland Park, Michigan plant. What they did was, before, as I understand it, no, I wasn't around in 1914. I know most of you were, but I, no, I'm kidding. Um, what they were doing, as I understand it, they were, the, the, the technicians, the guys that were building the, the cars would go from one chassis to the next to the next, and they would move kind of down this long corridor in these uh, assembly lines or assembly buildings, and um, it occurred to somebody, I don't know if it was Ford himself or somebody else, probably somebody else, but anyway, it occurred to them that they could speed things up and make it easier for the workers and make it more efficient, much more efficient, if they would move the cars, the chassis, instead of the workers. So they just kind of reversed the process, and that kind of started today in 1914. That was really, it revolutionized mass production of all kinds of things, not just cars, but other other things as well. Today in 1952, NBC's Today Show, it premiered, Dave Garraway was the uh, host, but they didn't call him the host. They called him the communicator. Today in 1954, Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio, they were married at San Francisco City Hall. I remember that. I was a kid, but I remember that. I'd never heard of Marilyn Monroe we didn't go to movies, I can assure you of that. And uh, Joe DiMaggio was a great baseball player, so I knew all about him. I did not know who Marilyn Monroe was, but I remember the event. And um, that marriage lasted, was it nine months, I think, less than a year. Today in 1963, George Wallace was sworn in as governor of Alabama with a pledge. He pledged, quote, segregation forever. Now, later in life, he repudiated that, said, I, I don't believe that anymore. You know, I've changed and so on. And maybe, maybe that was true. Maybe he had changed and didn't believe it anymore. But 
he was known, <clears throat> he was pretty well known for his segregation commitment. Today, 1967, the 60s, Summer of Love, unofficially began with a human B-in, human B-in, involving tens of thousands of young people at Golden State Park in San Francisco. That's what Jenny Durkin, former mayor of Seattle, that's what Jenny Durkin was talking about, remember? Chop on Capitol Hill when they, they took over and claimed that it was their country and all that kind of thing. She said, oh, don't worry about that. That's just going to a summer of love. That's what she was referring to. Why she chose that, well, I know why she chose that. I was about to say, I don't understand. I do understand. We won't go into that today, but nonetheless, I'm sure you understand as well, particularly if you know the dynamics of Jenny and her lifestyle. But anyway, um, the uh, the 60s summer of love officially began. A lot of kids were going up there from uh, from Los Angeles. Pat Boone told me one time one of his kids went up there. I can't remember which one it was, but he heard about it from somebody else. He drove up there and found his, I think it was one of his daughters. I guess, he, no, he, had, he has only girls. So it was one of his daughters. I don't know which one. I wouldn't say if I did. But anyway, he told me he drove all the way up there, found her, put her in the car and drove her home and told her if she ever, ever tried to pull something like that again. Well, maybe there needs to be more, more parents like him. Today in 1994, President Bill Clinton and Russian President Boris Yeltsin signed an accord to stop aiming missiles at any nation. The leaders joined Ukrainian president in signing an accord to dismantle the nuclear arsenal of Ukraine. Ukraine has been in the news a lot over the last several years. Um, Joe Biden has been, um, well, and his son Hunter have been the reason that Ukraine has been in the news uh, in many cases, not all, but many of them. But now Ukraine and Russia is back in the news in a very poignant way. Russia has moved more than 100,000 troops to the Ukrainian border. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, not a lot about it, but I'll come back to that in a moment in the context of what I want to talk to you about today. I think that we are at a very critical point in this freefall as a result of whom we elected to run this country. Apparently we elected. I didn't elect them. I can assure you of that. And I know most of you listening to this program didn't elect them either. But that's where we are. And so in the context of what I really want to talk to you about today, we'll come back to that Ukraine issue just for a moment, because it's in the news and something happened yesterday that, uh, I don't know, it just highlights and elevates the level of hypocrisy that's going on in our country today. It makes a person feel really uneasy if you just, I mean, if you were looking without faith, without trust, a personal trust, in a God who is eternal, who created all things, the stars that you can see and the billions of stars you can't see, God created it all. I have been asked over my lifetime a num- several times 
I don't know about a number of times, but several times I can remember. I remember a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid one time. I was teaching a Bible study in North Hollywood, California. We were there in the in the church. It was a large church. A lot of kids were there. And I was talking, and this kid just raised his hand, and he just yelled at me, and he said, Pastor Gary, you don't really believe that God created the universe. I said, yeah, I do. He said, no, you don't. Nobody believes that. I said, well, you're looking at the only person on earth then, because I truly believe that with all my heart. We had quite a discussion. It turned out to be very productive, actually. Got a lot of the kids, teenagers, involved in the conversation. He was coming from something he'd heard at school, and um, he was an expert, as all 15-year-olds are, or 16, whatever he was. But those of us who know the Lord personally, we have this faith, this this sense of, of assuredness that God is in control. As long as we keep our eyes and our hearts and our attention focused on the Lord and not become distracted. Not, I, and by that, I don't mean we should be uninformed. I mean, you know that the reason that we do this program is to inform people. I mean, not that I have all the answers, but we do a lot of research and we bring it to this program every day, every weekday, originating live. We need to be informed. We cannot function as our best for the Lord if we're not informed as to what's going on around us. In the Bible, there's a thread of that truth throughout the Bible. I mean, people are easily misled all of us are, if we're not informed, if we don't know the truth. Jesus himself is the truth, and he said that those of us who know the truth, meaning himself, were set free. Other people who do not know the truth live in bondage. And all truth isn't Jesus, but the truth is the truth, and it's God's truth. And so in the context of all of the stuff that's going on in particular, we talk about it every day, and I always have a very, have a, a, a keen sensitivity to the fact that we don't want to overload ourselves on negative stuff. And what's going on in the world today is negative in the sense of our culture and, and education and entertainment and politics for sure and all of this kind of thing. But keep in mind that the important thing, the overriding factor in all of this is that God is in control and God is faithful. God created everything that exists and God is in control of his creation. I don't mean that we are irrelevant. Mankind Man and woman, male and female, are at the center of God's grand plan for all time and eternity, and it includes you and me. We don't deserve to be included, but God God set it up that way, and he gave us the opportunity to become intricately involved with him in his kingdom through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. That's what makes all of this have a 
a, a balance, a sense of being. Otherwise, it, Christianity is just another ideology. It's just it's Islam or Buddhist or whatever. Christianity is not really a religion. It is a relationship with Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that and His Word, His infallible, inerrant Word, the Bible, gives us a sense of being and a sense of peace. In the most troubled times, the most unbelievable times, the most hypocritical times of our life. With that in mind, Psalm 119.65 says, Thou hast dwelt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. God is faithful. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24 says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God is faithful. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 8 and 9, But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with the mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen, slavery, out of the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. That's the word of the Lord. And that's why we know that God is in control and that he is faithful. Remember that little chorus we used to sing in church? If you went to church when you were a kid, Never failed me yet, never failed me yet. Jesus' love never failed me yet. This one thing I know that where'er I go, I think is are the word, where'er I go, his love never failed me. I mean, those little chords, obviously they stay in our minds and our hearts over a lifetime. I had thought of that chorus in, a, in years, but it, it comes to me at this moment in light of what we're talking about. God doesn't fail. And I would challenge you to just embrace that by faith because that is the truth. That is his truth. And that's the only truth we really care about is what is true in the eyes of God. We've been hearing a lot about filibuster lately, and I want to talk a little bit about that in context this morning. I want to also thank all of you who support this ministry. Uh, These are interesting times and challenging times for sure for the church for Christianity in in the sense of doing the work of the Lord Christianity is not in any way threatened uh, the message of the gospel um, but carrying on the ministry of the gospel of of Christ um, it's challenged and most ministries and most churches that I'm aware of are are struggling I mean frankly uh, financially I want to thank all of you who stand with us on this program, it is, while it's a tentative time in which we live, um, we're able to continue because of your support. And I know that you understand that. Those of you who support us certainly understand it, but I want to thank you for it. And we need your regular continued support. And if the Lord speaks to your heart to do something out of the ordinary, thank you in advance and thank the Lord. But thank you so much for your support. 
Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Or you can go on our website, Faith and Freedom, A-N-D, Freedom, all one word, faithandfreedom.us, and there's a little tab there that says Donate. You can, you can do it online as well. Former President Barack Obama published his first op-ed since leaving the presidency this week, and he's been gone for a while. But the first one he published this week in USA Today, what issue was so important to Barack Obama, a player for sure, that he would go ahead and write his first op-ed? The world and future generations will be watching Obama writes in his first op-ed since leaving the Oval Office. He calls on the Senate in this article yesterday in USA Today. He calls on the Senate to do the right thing. Well, what is the right thing, Mr. Obama? Well, it's to pass legislation to what the left calls protect voting rights. Thomas Jefferson, also a former president, he didn't write anything in USA Today that I'm aware of, but he did say this, the elective franchise, if guarded as the arc of our safety, will peacefully dissipate all combinations to subvert a constitution dictated by the wisdom and the resting on the will of the people. Samuel Adams was never a president, but he was a founding father. He said, quote, voting is executing one of the most solemn trusts in human society for which he is accountable to God and country. That solemn trust is under attack by those on the left who seek power without accountability to either God or country. There is no accountability by the left because they have a vision that they feel is so noble that any means to achieve that is justified. The end of what they're doing justifies the means. That's a very important doctrine of the left. I want to take a closer look at Biden's voting bill today. Obama came out in USA Today, as I said, with an all-out call for the Senate to pass legislation to abolish the Senate filibuster. What is a filibuster? You're hearing that word a lot in the news, and I've mentioned it a lot on this program because that's it's a kind of the center, the point of the spear. But it's it's changing by the moment as we speak. A filibuster, basic. I mean, I. There's volumes about the filibuster, but let me put it down to a lot about about 30 words here. A filibuster is a political procedure where one or more members of a Congress, and we're, in this case now we're talking about the Senate, that's what you're seeing in the news a lot, but it can be the Parliament, like in England, they, they use that, and I think other Parliament-based countries probably do that as well, but a filibuster is a debate over a proposed piece of legislation so as to, de- to delay a decision on that legislation being made on the proposal or the legislation or entirely prevent a decision from even occurring. So it's a, it, it was intended, I think, in, in its formation a long time ago um, to give more thought. Like, are you sure about that? kind of a thing. Well, it's evolved or it's devolved into a procedure now that is used often by the minority to kill legislation that the majority is trying to push through, but they don't have much of a majority. It, it doesn't completely stop a 
major or a super majority, but it does a simple majority. That, and that's what the big discussion's about. I mean, there's a lot more than that, but you get that. So anyway, he came out and he said, the American public, he said, the American public has got to know. He said, we have got to pass this voting bill and so on. Well, this desperate attempt is necessary because the Biden administration is so dysfunctional now that they can't get enough support to move their political agenda forward. I mean, they're going progress. We're making progress. But more and more and more of America is going, you know what? This doesn't look like progress to me. This looks like we're going down the wrong path and we're going to fall off the cliff. And we will if we keep going on this path. But American public is becoming a little bit more aware, aroused in their curiosity, writing that the filibuster has no basis in the Constitution, noting that it was mainly Southern senators, this is Obama's piece, his first since leaving the Oval Office, no basis in the Constitution for a filibuster. He notes in his article that it was mainly Southern senators who used it to obstruct the passage of civil rights legislation. Obama completely forgets, imagine that, that those mainly Southern senators were mainly Democrats. Just like Joe Biden forgot the other day when he gave his most important speech, it appeared to him, at least to be, in Georgia about voting rights. They're trying to free up America so we can all vote. He was talking about people, he was naming people like George Wallace in that context. And nobody, everybody walked away shaking their head. They go, why is he doing that? Why is he talking about these people? These people stand for nothing that he says he stands for. I don't know. I can't explain that one. But Obama laid out what he called the unraveling of basic democratic principles. He cited the storming of the Capitol by pro, these are his words, pro-Trump supporters and the continued spread of falsehoods about the 2020 election as the chief unravelings among us. But America's longstanding grand experiment in democracy, he says, is sorely tested. Future generations are counting on us to meet the test. Meeting the test to him and to Biden is to pass this voter bill that they are trying to push through. Is it to see if so-called progressive though can federalize all national elections? Yes, it is. There's actually a, two tests that they're ta- we're talking about here. One is testing what is good for the country. The other is the test of how the, the left can move, the Democrats can move their agenda forward. So we see that the so-called progressives want to federalize all of our national elections in this so-called voters' rights bill, this freeing up the people so we can have a real democracy here. It isn't that at all. They are lying about most of what they're saying. Not all, but most of it. Obama gave a glimpse of the future that he sees, and he's still kind of the de facto leader of the party. I mean, they don't have leadership. I mean, is Ocasio-Cortez a leader? Is Elizabeth Warren? Is Bernie Sanders? I mean, Obama's still kind of leading it, so I would presume that he's pulling the strings on Biden as well, or people that report to him or associated with him. I mean, somebody's pulling the strings of Biden. Biden doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, I say that with a with a note of sadness for our country, but it's true. So you can see what the progressives are kind of after here by Biden sort of the mask sort of slips for a moment, and he gives us a glimpse into the future 
when he writes this. He said, we've got to pass this voter uh, legislation because, quote, it's how we can stop climate change and reform our broken immigration system and help ensure that our children enjoy an economy that works for everyone and not just a few. Well, if you just translate that into us ordinary folks out here, not the elite, but the ordinary folks like you and me, if you just translate that into kind of language that we kind of get, what he's saying is, if, if we, I'm not putting words in his mouth, this is what he's saying. If we can push through our voter legislation by doing whatever it takes, we can create the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of the world under the guise of climate change and lead America further into socialism with a new economy that is equitable. That means everybody gets the same size paycheck, except for the rulers. But Biden has a problem, and so does Obama, and they know it. At least Obama does. Biden, it should be a done deal because they have the majority. And they're talking about blowing up the filibuster because they don't have a supermajority. They don't have 60 votes in the Senate to get this passed. The House has already passed it. Nancy Pelosi saw to that. But Democrat Senator Kirsten Sinema from Arizona, she's a Democrat, she said yesterday, I will not vote to weaken the Senate's 60-vote filibuster threshold. This will kill the deal for Biden and all the rest of the so-called progressives. Sinema said, there's no need for me to restate my long-standing support for the 60-vote threshold to pass legislation. There's no need for me to restate its role in protecting our country from wild reversals of federal policy. She's absolutely right. This week's harried discussion, she said, about Senate rules are but a poor substitute for what I believe could have and should have been a thoughtful public debate at any time over the past year. Any changes to the filibuster would need all 50 Senate Democrats on board. Cinema is not on board, and she said so yesterday. I don't think she'll change her mind, but Biden actually met with her and um, Manchin from West Virginia last night, putting the arm on them, probably promising them lollipops and whatever if they would change their vote. I don't think she's going to change. I don't know. I don't know her, but I, I'm very aware of where she's coming from. But I don't think she's going to change, and I don't think Joe Manchin's going to go along with this. So basically, the whole scheme is dead. Voting is so important. Daniel Webster, a generation after our founding fathers, Daniel Webster, said to be the greatest and most effective senator ever to serve this nation, was speaking to the ladies, the ladies club in Richmond, Virginia, on October 5th, 1840. He said this, Impress upon your children the truth that the exercise of the elective franchise is a social duty as solemn a nature as a man can be called to perform, that a man may not innocently trifle with his vote, that every elector is a trustee as well as others as himself, and that every measure he supports has an important bearing on the interests of others, as well as his own. That's what we're really talking about here. When they use the term, it's just a misleading term. This this voters, you know, they say everybody has a right to vote, and the Republicans, by asking for a for some kind of a ID when you vote, oh, they're trying to suppress black voters and all. I don't think anybody or most people don't even believe that anymore, because it isn't true. They're trying. The the right is trying to improve our voting system because 
It is indeed sacred in the world of politics. It is a solemn bow to our neighbors. Have a great weekend. I'll see you right here on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.